So, Rob, there was an Apple event very close to me here in Chicago just last week. Where was it last week? I'm starting to lose my mind. I'm not sure what day it is anymore. I think it was last <laughs> week, right? It was Monday or Tuesday. Uh, by the time I don't know, I, I'm off. I'm off work this week, so I've got no idea <laughs> what day right, it is so, either. <laughs> yeah, it's probably by the time this comes out, it will have been a solid week. But in any event, uh, no, solid two weeks. In any event, it was the Apple Education event in Chicago, and I did not go. I did not get an invitation from Apple, but I did do a lot of thinking about Apple and education, and also I went down over the weekend before the event and took pictures of the school. And this school is really something else. I mean, it's a public school, but it's really a private school. It's one of these things they call in the U.S. a magnet school where you have to apply to get in even though it's a public school. Yeah. You know? Uh, And I think it's got a lot of uh, financial support above and beyond what the city provides to the school. It's it's huge. It's like 4,400 students. It's... um, as big as some colleges, really. It's uh, wow, that's that is massive. Yeah, it's the biggest school in the Chicago system, I think, and it was built in like 1909. So you, you you look at the pictures, and it looks like I mean, with that many students, it's a very big campus, and it looks a lot more like a university than it does a high school. And it's right right down in the middle of the uh, the city. And I went down and took some pictures, and it was kind of fun because I got there on the event was on. Tuesday. The event was on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, I got there on Sunday, which happened to be like the only sunny day in like t- two weeks. So it was really good. But <laughs> the place was crawling with security and people building things. <clears throat> and it looked like they'd either just started that morning or maybe sat late in the day Saturday because I couldn't quite tell what they were building. Turns out they were building the security checkpoints that were up near the front of the school. If you saw any of the pictures on Twitter, you probably saw yeah. people lined up. Saw people lined up for like a couple blocks, really, to get in, and that was a security checkpoint uh, at the front of the school. And it, I don't know, it was it's kind of fun creeping around. I was out on the sidewalk taking pictures, uh, and I asked the guy, <laughs> I asked one of the security. At least you did it on a weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I thought of that. <laughs> so I was walking around, uh, but you know they were all eyeballing me and keeping track of me. And I asked one of the security guys, "What is going on here? What are you guys building?" And they said, "Oh, it's for some private event." Which you know he was right. It was a private event for Apple. Um, and so the event happened on Tuesday, and we got. Personally, I was very disappointed. We didn't get a lot of hardware. I didn't really expect hardware, but there were things that I expected that really didn't happen. I mean, all we got was a 9.7-inch iPad with updated internals and pencil support, really. Yeah, I, when I was... I, I didn't... I, I just watched the live blogs because obviously there was no live stream. I haven't bothered watching the video because there really isn't that much in there. You know, it's not it's not really aimed at me or you anyway. Right. Um but kind of while I was like watching the live blog, I, I kind of had the Verge open and a couple of other live blogs, and something kept niggling at me. I'm, I'm looking at, this, I'm like, is this really changing anything about education? Like, is it really that exciting? And after a few days, like you know, people started kind of tweeting, like people who manage, you know, either Chromebooks or iPads and stuff like that. And you know, by all accounts, like Apple's actual management software just is nowhere near as good as Google's. Um, right. And and actually, even when you you look at the prices, like even for a Chromebook, like say like two hundred dollars or whatever per student, if you're doing like a one to one thing, like 
there are a lot of I'd, I'd I'd guess a majority of schools just cannot afford to do that, let alone do it for an iPad, which is an extra hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars, depending on what you buy. Right, right. Now, and and you know, in leading up to the event, I did a lot of research on Chromebooks and iPads and schools and things. And Chromebooks have really expanded really dramatically, at least in the United States, in school systems for a lot of the reasons you've probably read about, which, you know, they're easier to manage, they're lower cost, things like that. And schools are already using the G suite of applications. And so I, you know, given that they were doing an event in Chicago, which, as it turns out, is a school system that had not too long ago spent about $135 million on Chromebooks. I thought, well, <laughs> this is an opportunity. What Apple's doing is they're going to they're gonna, you know, stick a finger in Google's eye and they're going to announce some big deal with the city of Chicago. They didn't do that. Uh, I also expected that they would reduce the price of the iPad, not dramatically, but at least to make it a little bit more competitive with Chromebooks. Maybe, you know, I think education buyers can get the iPad for $299 uh, as opposed to $329, which is what you and I would pay. Uh, and I thought maybe it would go down to maybe as low as $250. Um, so <clears throat> we did get an iPad that I kind of anticipated. I thought that we would get the lower cost one, which would essentially just be the iPad we had before this new one was released, last gen, plus one that was a little more expensive, maybe at the current price, with Apple Pencil Sport, which we got, and a smart connector, which we didn't get. So... I don't know. As a result, the whole thing I found a little underwhelming. I do, I, you know, I think those the curriculum that they do, especially the everyone can code. I think it's really good, and I think it's nice that that exists. The everyone can create curriculum, which is new, and is a way of bringing things like music and video and photography into existing subjects that students study, like history and math and so forth. I think that's interesting and nice. Uh, I guess it, you know. We'll have to see what happens with it and whether it actually amounts to anything. It, a lot of what was announced, especially like that, isn't going to be available. There's previews of some things, but a lot of it's not coming till June. Yeah, I mean, which kind of makes sense given what the you know the education cycle is not really going to start till September. For right. you know any of this new stuff isn't going to be rolling out to students um, through schools until September. So yeah. you know that kind of kind of makes sense, but. I don't know, I just kind of struggle, I see all this stuff, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is all very cool, but at the end of the day, schools, all they, mostly what they care about is the price, right. and I think that's that's going to be the, this isn't like the consumer market where, you know, me or you will, you know, spend a bit more money for an iPhone, or for a MacBook, or, you know, in the case of a MacBook, quite a lot more money, um, you know, because of the experience, like, the the people making these decisions for schools generally aren't going to care about that stuff. Right. I yeah, I tend to agree. What I do think though from a I guess from a consumer standpoint, it was a good event in this at least in the sense that there is an entry level iPad now for $329 that has pencil support, which I think the pencil is an attractive feature for a lot of people and 329 with an A10X chip in it. That's, you know, Yes, they skimped on some other things. There's like Gen 1, uh, Touch ID, and that sort of thing, which is disappointing. But by and large, this is a pretty powerful iPad for a really good price. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I was I was considering 
getting one and then I was like looking at the pencil and I think I mean to be honest I think what everyone's screaming is can we not just have the crayon which is which is the new pencil it's cheaper it it seems to be functionally just a lot better I know it it loses some of the features but because it's kind of ugly it feels like the pencil that Apple would have made if they didn't care about design yeah the jury's out on that one I'm waiting to see how that actually works in practice like what the pairing's like and all that it doesn't have pressure sensitivity but um yeah it would be i mean for 50 dollars, it would be a nice thing to have uh, at least to try but that's really not not an option for anyone who's not in the education market well i'm, I'm wondering if a school could just buy thousands of crayons and just start selling them online they'd make loads of money for the school yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure there's some terms of service somewhere that would get them in hot water with apple over that sort of thing but but who knows who knows they might fall off the back of trucks as they pass by a school yeah, I, I well imagine a few people are going to get hold of them right. at some point. Yeah, I mean, you know, as you say, like we don't really know how the pairing's going to work and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's kind of nice that there's a new iPad that does support the pencil for somebody like me. I'm not, I'm never going to buy an iPad Pro. Like I, I've just got no use for that. But a cheaper iPad with the pencil support is definitely a lot more appealing to me. Right, and I mean, I think for students, you know, that form factor, that size, nine point seven inches. Is actually pretty nice for taking notes in class and that kind of thing. So I think you know if you're not if you're not uh, it doesn't have the laminated screen, so that means that there's a bit of a gap between the glass and the actual pixels underneath, which makes it I think a little harder for you if you're an artist. But especially if all you're doing is taking notes, I think that that would be perfectly fine. Yeah, as, as I say, I mean at, at the moment I'm not I'm I'm trying to maybe spend a little bit less money on frivolous things, but. You know, I, I might pick up one at some point and, you know, grab an Apple Pencil and just, just give it a go. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, we have one in our house, and it's in a sealed box because it's for one of my kids who's not here right now. And I haven't really been tempted to open it because I've got my iPad Pro, but uh, I will be interested to see how it works. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we said this before we started recording, but it's it's interesting. It, it's nice that, you know, it's been upgraded and it supports the Apple Pencil, but in reality, it's still just an iPad. Exactly. Um, there's there's not a lot for you to say if you get all excited and open it up and like you say if you've got a, an iPad Pro sat there it's really not going to be that interesting to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So, I have got some pictures for you, Rob. I was in Seattle. And Very, yeah. I don't know where Seattle is. I'm going to google that oh now. Oh my gosh, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the left-hand side. It's in America, is it? It is in America. (laughs) It's almost in Canada, though. It's pretty close to Canada. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. It's it's way up there. Yeah, it takes a while to get there. Um, Mm. So I went to something called the... um, Oh. All right, you're going to have to edit this out. Let me think what it's called. This... Okay, <laughs> so I went to the Mo Pop Museum. It's a museum of pop culture in Seattle, and so it, okay. most of this collection of pop culture looks like it came from Paul Allen. It's like every little thing was tagged uh, with a with a sign that said Paul Allen had donated it. The you know the founder of one of the founders of Microsoft, and right. So I just sent you a picture of the Back to the Future hoverboards that I saw. As well as a Ghostbuster backpack, so it has that. That's the kind of stuff that it has. Oh, this is very cool. Yeah, it was a neat place. I mean, they had sections for fantasy, which had a bunch of Harry Potter memorabilia. 
uh, and Game of Thrones, that kind of thing. And then there was so there was fantasy, there was kind of science fiction, there was horror, and they were doing a special exhibit, which was a lot of fun, that was called uh, Indie Games. And so went in, and you could play all kinds of video games from, you know, they were on their games from the Xbox, the Switch, uh, iOS, all kinds of things. And a few of them, it was kind of fun because I'd seen, I saw Hidden Folks was on there. It was the PC version. Uh, but it was kind of cool because that's um, uh, Adrian Dijon, who, who's one of the, who was the developer for that. He was a guy that we, Federico and I, interviewed on App Stories early on in one of the earliest episodes uh, and who I met when he was in Chicago uh, about a year ago. So that was kind of fun to see his game in there and a couple other ones that I've reviewed in the past. Um, and it was the one thing, though, was like I was watching this little a slideshow of it's kind of a history of indie games going back to the early 70s. And they eventually get they get to the App Store, right? And they have this slide, and it shows <laughs> iOS App Store, an early screenshot of of iTunes, and the date next to it is 2007. And I just had to shake my head because the App Store obviously wasn't until 2008. Which yeah, <laughs> wow. So, so I, I assume you just got up and you left. It. Forget this. I got, I got to be that. I got to be that guy. You know, it's like somebody should fix that. Did did, did you see so well actually the museum? Is that? <laughs> yeah, I did. I went, I went. I went directly to the front desk and said, you know, well actually, you you, sh- you need to fix this because this is incorrect and you're you're misinforming the entire population of Seattle and all these tourists. Yeah, this this looks like a. I was just looking at some pictures of this museum. It looks very cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's right. It's in a big building that was designed by Frank Gehry, who does a lot of weird, kind of swoopy-looking buildings. Um, mm. There's one in. There's a. There's a music band shell or whatever you call it in Chicago that is designed by him, and it's kind of a neat building right in the center of downtown. Ate a lot of good food while I was there. Um, nice. Yeah. Oh, the other the other aspect of Seattle is I did another slightly geeky thing. Is we went on. They have these Twin Peaks. Do you know that show? Uh, I do know it. Okay. I haven't watched it. Well, it's it's early '90s show, and it doesn't age all that well. But it was you know David Lynch directed TV show from the '90s that kind of broke ground for the genre of kind of quirky, weird drama series on television, and it was all filmed in and around towns north of Seattle near the Canadian border and you could go take a very expensive tour where they would drive you around in a bus and <laughs> and show you all these things so we went online and just googled them all and did our own little self-guided uh, tour in a zip car one day and it was re- <laughs> and it was really neat cuz there's this big lodge that which is the one of the main locations one of the main sets for the TV show and it has a huge waterfall next to it and it was really nice it was it was good to get out into the actual nature and see you know what was going on near Seattle instead of just spending the entire time in the city nature is outdoors Out, you've lost me outdoors there's water and trees and rocks and all this stuff I mean I know it's crazy stuff but you know it was a really good uh, opportunity to test out the long exposure feature on the iPhone I think it's maybe it's only on the iPhone 10 I think um, and make, take some swirly-looking waterfall pictures. Nice. Yeah, it was it was a good time. It was a good time. I'll uh, yeah. I don't know. So it sounds like you've had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was good. I was only there for a few days, um, thanks to the Apple event. 
but mm. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was still a good time and uh, it's good to be back and just kind of getting back into my routine before I take off and do more travel like uh, San Jose later later in June. Of course, yeah. I, I, I guess, guess that's that's the next big thing that's coming up. Yeah, yeah. That came. I think that that since the last time we talked, that is new because I did get it finally announced, and I was right about the dates. Fortunately, I already had a hotel because within fifteen minutes, the entire hotel that I'm staying in was booked. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's yeah. It's it's. There's just so many people trying to. It, it doesn't matter how big your city is. You just can't. You can't get that many people in there and not have the hotel prices jump up like crazy. Yeah, I got really concerned about flights very quickly, too, because I figured that it, I didn't think it would be a big deal, but you never know. Once everybody, once people started learning they got tickets later in the week, that's when I was worried that the prices on the airfare might jump up or they'd just not be available because uh, I had been holding off because I usually use this app called Hopper to track flight prices and then jump on flights once they uh you know once the price goes down and it works really mm. it works really well but it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a gamble because it's it's just based on past experience there's no there's no guarantee that that will in fact you know that you'll get a better price if they say wait so uh it makes me makes me a little nervous sometimes but i've been buying plane tickets as a result quite a bit lately yeah well uh yeah, I'd be, I'm looking forward to WWDC. See what see what they're going to announce. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a bunch of features that I'll be excited about and then never use. I know because <laughs> I just don't use my phone enough. Did you see the weird story from Mark Gurman this morning that there's going to be like a curved iPhone? Oh, stop it! Curve, cur- curve from the top to the bottom instead of to side to side <laughs> like a Samsung phone. It was a really weird article. I, some of the stuff that sometimes <laughs> comes out of Bloomberg just is makes me scratch my head because you know what it, it probably is. He like probably. Some guy whispered to him in a bar that they're that they're prototyping and testing, the, and I'm sure they test all sorts of things. Oh, I'm sure they've got hundreds of prototypes that are going into the next like five, maybe even ten years. Yeah, but, but the, and doesn't they, mean it's coming out in September. No, and the story was, oh, we might see this in two to three years. Like, okay, and we probably won't too. I mean, I don't know that kind of stuff. I'd always find amusing, but because you know he has good sources sometimes, but the, mm. those kind of stories are are. I don't know. I don't really feel like they're worth the paper they're printed on. <laughs> yeah, they're they're a bit far fetched, but oh well. Um, I don't think we've got anything else, really. No, no. I you know I haven't been playing many games since I've been traveling. Although I did download uh, Burn the Burnout Remaster, which I like a lot. Uh, only just barely scratched the surface there, but it's kind of a cool open world style. I like crashing cars. Rob is really what it comes down to. Uh, yeah, I mean that that's that's why that game sells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's fantastic. Oh, you know, the more spectacular the crash, the better you do. So that that's my yeah, kind of exactly. game. But I gotta dig into that a little more. I will maybe we'll talk games some more next time. Yeah, I've got probably gonna start playing a few that I've got here. I've I've got Crash Bandicoot, which I got for Christmas, which I still haven't started playing. Um And by the way, they're announcing a date for the Spider Man game today. What? Yes, yes. Mike told me this. Mike Hurley told me this this morning that I think Game Insider has an exclusive that they're going to reveal the date. And I saw a GIF of some gameplay that looked amazing. Oh, you made me so happy. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I. who knows? Maybe it's 2019 for all I know. But uh, we should find out any time now. No, it's, it's definitely coming this year. Okay. Um, 
because they all the staff are doing like their final like play test right now. Uh huh. Um, I'm really hoping it comes out before the summer. Um, because Jess is away for four weeks and I'm going to be at home by myself. <laughs> and unfortunately, Red Dead Redemption 2 isn't out, so I'm hoping Spider-Man will be out. Yeah, I think Red Dead's November, maybe. Uh, I think October October, 26th, that's right. Maybe. You know what it was? I think there, I think the next Call of Duty is going to be in November, and, and the speculation is it's time not to conflict with Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, that would make sense. Because uh, usually, from what I'm I'm told by certain people in my household as to the exact date that the Call of Duty tends to come out every year. Right. <laughs> it's not my game. But, I don't, uh, I don't, no, it's certainly not mine either. <laughs> but I know far too much about it. Oh, dear. Cool. Should we, uh, should we wrap it up for this episode, then? Sounds good. And I'm I'm gonna stay tuned to Twitter and wait for the <laughs> Spider Man announcement. <laughs> you should. <laughs> I'll find this gif and send it to you. 